This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, you're listening to episode 31 of Eco Chic. Eco Chic is a really fun place to share things like general climate change education or personal sustainability efforts. Things that are not necessarily common knowledge, but totally, totally should be. My name is Laura and I'm a graduate student studying climate science. So a little bit of background. I completed my undergrad at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Go Heels! And I was able to go home this weekend for homecoming weekend. I was so excited to be back in Chapel Hill for the first time since graduation. And I reached out to my friend Carly about some interesting people that might want to be on the podcast. And she very, very passionately suggested that I reach out to Emma and Abby of the new UNC Sustainable Fashion Initiative. Emma and Abby are doing a really incredible job in Chapel Hill opening up the conversation around sustainable fashion. So we talk a lot about thrifting, but we also talk about the issues in the fashion industry. So that would be organic cotton versus non-organic cotton, the pollutants that are associated with dyeing leather, the water intensity of producing denim. There are so many different angles that you could come at sustainable fashion at, and I'm so glad that I got to chat with them and just share a little bit of insight here for EcoChic. Sustainable fashion is a little bit intimidating for some people because honestly, it doesn't really sound that cute. It sounds like you're walking around in a burlap sack. So I'm really glad that Emma and Abby are opening the conversation about all of the things that you can do and you can dress super cute and create your own style and really just embrace sustainability from a fashion perspective. And you don't have to really fit this mold that you might assume that sustainable fashion is. Fashion is actually listed as the second most wasteful industry in the world after oil, which is a really, really powerful statistic. So really every little bit helps. They're doing an awesome job just opening up the conversation. I'm excited to talk to them a little bit. And without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, hey guys, welcome to Eco Chic. I'm Laura and I'm really, really excited to have you here. So to give like a little bit of background on who you are and the conversation that we're having today. I was wondering if you guys could introduce yourselves and just kind of like give a little background of what you're doing at UNC. Um, Hey guys, I'm Emma. I'm the creator of SFI Sustainable Fashion Initiative. Um, It's a brand new club at UNC and we basically are trying to educate UNC students about some problems with the fashion industry and like how it pertains to ethical issues, environmental issues, um, as well as like give people tools to be better activists for um, creating a better fashion industry. Basically, uh, I'm a sophomore at UNC. My name's Abby, I'm a junior at UNC and I'm studying environmental science and I've always been involved with different organizations on campus um, relating to the environment. And Emma came up with this amazing idea for the Sustainable Fashion Initiative and it's one part of 
the environmental problems that are facing our society right now that hasn't really been addressed on campus. And so I was really excited when she came up with that idea. And it is such a big problem within the sustainability realm and within the climate change issues and things like that. People don't think about the fashion industry. And so really just getting that presence on campus, I think, is really important. And so we just started this year, and I'm really excited to see what we can accomplish. We've already done a lot, so it's really exciting. Awesome. And fun fact, Abby and I went to high school together, and we ran the environmental club together at our high school. Yes. (laughs) Not even. What a legacy. The legacy continues. Yes, we had to carry it out. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, I love that you touched on the idea that a lot of people don't think about the fashion industry when it comes to sustainability. So what are, like, some of the... I guess, biggest issues that we kind of brush over. Like, my thing is always, I was telling Emma earlier, denim. Like, people don't think about all the water that goes into creating a piece of denim. Um, Or even just, like, the workers' rights that are associated in the fashion industry. So, like, what are kind of some of the, I don't want to use the word easy, but, like, big things to tackle in a conversation about sustainable fashion? I think you can talk a lot about some of the bigger things, but just with what you said about denim, I watched a video the other day from one of my classes about Levi's and the creator of that company and they really talked about the impact that creating their denim has on the environment and the ways that they're trying to reduce that and what they realized was they did a huge life cycle assessment of kind of the whole production process and they realized that so much of the water being used is on the consumer end and washing the jeans is such a big impact and so they started campaigning and started trying to educate their consumers about washing their jeans less and kind of trying to reduce the water that they're using um, with regards to that. And so that was something that was really interesting to me. I'd always thought about, you know, the production process, so much water goes into it, all the materials and the impact that has on the environment. But something that's really interesting to think about is how the consumers are affecting the environment and how they could reduce the majority of water that was being used, they found was like by the consumers. And so by encouraging them to cut down water use, educating them on the impact that they were having. They were able to see a lot of reduction in impacts in that aspect. So that was really interesting. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, Yeah, I would say um, one thing that I try to talk to people about is just how like our culture thinks about clothing in general. We have a very like use once or twice kind of culture and then either throw it away, donate it, which we've, after looking into the issue more, we found out that 90% of clothes that are donated to Goodwill are just, like, either thrown away or shipped off to third world countries where, like, Haiti, where they get the clothes and they have so many clothes that they're like, okay, we don't need clothes anymore. Like, we need, like, food, we need education, but, like, we're good on clothes. Um, And so we think that, you know, we're donating things and that's like doing something that's really great. But in reality, like we really just as consumers need to be pushing it way back. Like we really don't need all of the things that we think we need. And also um, just kind of like rethinking how you view like the possessions that you have. I think it's a really cool idea to think like, oh, I put place no values on the things that I have. Like I'm just completely like things mean nothing to me but if you do have a mindset where you kind of like do care about the things that you do have and you really value them then you'll like actually want to consume less because you'll just like place more value on what you have um and then so that's just kind of like a way to rethink like how you view your relationship with your clothes but then as far as just like big problems with the fashion industry i would say 
Um, there's a lot of like environmental health problems with it, like pesticide used to grow, like cotton and stuff. Um, there's a really great documentary that we're gonna do a screening of this semester called The True Cost. It really just like goes over pretty much every issue with the fashion industry, but one like huge issue is all of these pesticides are just like sitting in these communities in a lot of like South Asia, like India specifically, and it's just contaminating their water. There's super high cancer rates and um, like just general like disability rates. Um, so it's, it's just like a huge polluter and just kind of like having more environmentally conscious production so that we just aren't making things with like these toxic materials. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because The True Cost is a movie that I suggest to everybody. Yes, and if anyone's so listening, it's on Netflix. The last time I checked, at least I saw it on Netflix. So. And something that really stuck with me also in the topic of just like environmental health in India specifically was leather, like dyeing yes. leather, which I never used to think about at all. And leather is kind of like, at least personally for me, a consumer is kind of a strange catch-22 because like I don't really want to buy leather now. Um, I don't want to buy it new, and if it's dyed, it's like there's so many different issues around dyeing, and you have a lot of like alternative um, options when it mm-hmm. comes to dyeing. And then thrifting leather is also just like a whole other kind of battle of finding it, and thrifting right. is such an interesting skill that you really have to like hone in on. Um, so I was wondering, like, what are some of the kind of low-hanging fruit of becoming a more conscious consumer when it comes to fashion so thrifting is the one that I personally like always suggest yes and I love to thrift and I'm a big thrifter and like one of the things I wanted to do when I got back to Chapel Hill this weekend was go to rumors because that's like yes. such yes, a great like trendy little thrift store we're getting um, um the woman who owns rumors to come speak to our club in like a couple weeks I'm so excited awesome yeah yeah what are some of the like pros to that or just other easy things like are there certain fabrics that people should be looking for um is it really just a matter of mindset and like the capsule wardrobe movement of i only own 10 t-shirts and that's what i'm gonna wear for the rest of my life um what are just like some easy like relatable attainable options that people have when it comes to fashion i think thrifting is definitely a big one and that does have such an impact in upcycling and reusing clothes and making sure you're not buying more and wasting more um, is something that's really important and it can also be so much fun and it gives you a unique fashion that's different from everyone else which is really cool and there's so many places just rumors in Chapel Hill and it's so easy to find places like that especially now I feel like they're popping up all over the place I was in Madrid this summer and there was just a whole street that was all thrift stores and it's just exciting to see and you can go in and find such unique things at all of them while reducing your impact which is really great and something else I think that's important um, I studied a lot this summer fast fashion versus slow fashion and kind of recognizing those companies that are producing fast fashion in a way that is unsustainable and so big companies like Zara and Forever 21 and places like that that are probably sourcing labor from unethical places and just trying to or trying to mass produce clothing at low cost with harmful dyes and things like that just being able to recognize this is a store where the clothes probably aren't having the best impact on the environment and so I think it's important smaller businesses maybe local companies and things like that um, can really help you reduce your impact and are easy to find it's just kind of having that mindset to recognize which stores you're shopping at are having the worst impact yeah 
I agree. And, like, I also think people get really scared by the idea of, like, something like the capsule challenge because it's such a huge shift. And so kind of, like, one thing um, that they promote in the true cost is, like, the 30 wears challenge where, like, when you're going to buy something, think, like, okay, am I going to wear this 30 times because that's, I guess, like, the suggested minimum amount of times you should wear a piece of clothing for it to, like, actually, like, get the use that... For, for the amount of energy that was put into producing it to make it worth that production. Um, so I would say definitely that. I would say, like, I love what you said about thrifting because I personally think about, like, how it really challenges you to enhance your style because I feel like since I've started thrifting more, like, I've really figured out, like, okay, I want my style to be something that reflects, like, my environmentalism and I love how everything I find when I'm thrifting is like so unique and like that's just so special um I think you know even like clothing swaps with your friends um apps like Depop and like what's the other one Poshmark Poshmark yeah, yeah, yeah I buy just, stuff from Poshmark all the time yeah it's so easy and we when we were trying to um for our stencil project uh, when we were trying to find different quotes and stuff to put in the stencils, one of the things that came up, we didn't make a stencil out of it, but the resale industry is growing like immensely. People are reselling things like crazy. And I think that's awesome because we all have like so many things that we've worn three times, but somebody else would like love. Um, so I think, yeah, looking for, even if it's not like specifically a thrift shop, like a consignment shop, resale, reselling, um, trading clothes with friends even like to me I feel better shopping at like a TJ Maxx than at like a Nordstrom because then you're getting like to me it's like if you're getting your clothes at a really low price based on what they were originally marked at then you're putting less money in like the pocket of the company that made it which I feel like when you're kind of when you're deciding not to buy something from like a Nordstrom or like a Saks or something then you're you're protesting with your money which i think is like a big part of it and so when you're buying things like on clearance or at tj maxx or marshall's or something then you're like giving them just barely the like any money i don't know that's kind of how i think of it and then i don't know like well we did our denim repurposing workshop where we just got like buttons and scissors and fabric swatches together and people cut out shapes and like um glued you know cute strips of fabric on their jeans and jeans that they never wear anymore and now they're going to start wearing them more because they actually like made them look like something that reflects their style yeah that was a really cool workshop we did um earlier this year and just to be able to see people were bringing in just kind of old pieces of denim denim jackets and stuff that they really didn't wear anymore and they turned them into something so cool and I've seen people from the club around wearing the stuff they made and it's really cool to see that and that makes a difference they're not going out and buying a new denim jacket they're just repurposing the one they had and that was some really cool things yeah there was awesome stuff that was done and I think that's something else that's really cool about sustainable fashion initiatives it gives people a creative outlet and they're really able to express themselves kind of find their style while reducing their impact and making a difference and that's something that's really important um, for the club and it's been really cool to see that play out that's really cool I like the idea of denim upcycling because I personally don't 
I mean, like, I try my hardest to just thrift denim whenever I can. And I was saying earlier, it's kind of easy to do, like, denim jackets especially. Jeans are a lot harder for me because yeah. I feel like that's something that, like, body shapes are always so different. Right. Sizes are so different between jean brands. Um, so it's, like, a little bit harder to thrift personally for me. But I love the idea of, like, upcycling and just bedazzling something and yeah. just, like, making <laughs> yeah, it really cute. <laughs> it was fun. I love that. What are some, some other things that you, like, have seen really helpful upcycling because I like the idea of upcycling so like one that I'm thinking of is always like the old t-shirt that you make into a pillow or something yeah. like that just like cute little DIY projects um yeah so do you guys have any like easy suggestions for upcycling or what is upcycling as opposed to repurposing as opposed to recycling whatever so I guess I guess repurposing is probably more like I guess that's more what we did where you take something and you're not really completely changing like what it is you're just kind of embellishing it mm -hmm. or shifting it slightly to like look different but I think upcycling is more like you take a shirt and you turn it into like a, like a pillowcase like it's mm -hmm. something that's like completely different so I guess um one thing I always do is like if I I always like find old like tank tops and stuff that I have and I'm like oh I wish this was like a little more cropped like that'd look cute and I just cut them like I just cut like all of my clothes that's easy um, yeah. yeah it's super easy and it's fun and like I actually end up wearing a lot more things that I didn't wear before um and then we didn't do this but there was a club on Earth Day last year that had just I think it was um the environmental frat and they just people donated their old t-shirts which like s everybody has like a million old t-shirts and you just do this thing where you cut the bottom of the t-shirt into these little strings like like this part of the shirt front and back you cut them into little strings and then you tie them and then you flip it inside out and you you fashion like like um you had to cut it in some other way i think yeah there was you, well you turn it into a bag yeah and it's a cute bag and it was super like functional yeah and everyone was yeah a big tote basically and it works super well and everyone was coming to the table and a lot of people were making them which was really cool yeah um so that that's a really awesome project that people can do that's easy and that's something that i think kind of needs to be more accessible on campus and i kind of think of upcycling as reusing the same item of clothing i guess and so like we were kind of thinking about doing an upside upcycling type drive and a thrift like a pop-up thrift shop kind of thing like through our club and so what we wanted to do is have people donate old items of clothing that they just don't wear anymore and that are so cute. They just don't yeah. see themselves wearing it. Um, like almost so, like a huge like friend clothing swap. Yeah. Like you love this item, but you never wear it. So yeah. like give it to someone. And else. so then bring it in. We'll give you a ticket. And then we'll kind of set up this whole shop one day with all the clothes. And anyone who has um, tickets who had donated can come in and take that amount of clothing back. And so that was a really cool way to just get things that are sitting in people's closet out and get them to be able to be used. And then... Mm -hmm reduce you know having to go to the store and buy a new shirt because you can just go to this clothing swap and so that was something that we kind of want to work on planning maybe for next semester but I think just that's not something that's readily available to students but mm -hmm. if it was then I think people would definitely take advantage of it so and a lot of people at UNC like we talked to a couple people who know how to do screen printing oh, and really? so we kind of like had talked about at that like pop-up clothing swap having um if you bring like if people do end up bringing like a lot of old t-shirts um having a screen printing thing kind of set up where people can screen print a shirt and then maybe want to wear it again whereas before yeah those are great ideas yeah. i <laughs> love the idea of a really large clothing swap especially 
because you'd realize that you have to kind of like regulate it with tickets um, mm-hmm. and it kind of incentivizes people to bring things in if they know they're getting things out of it yeah and screen printing is a really good idea too because I always think about also like um, bags like tote bags canvas mm-hmm. tote bags everyone has tons of reusable bags that they're not necessarily using all the time so you true. get them for every single thing like just it's such an easy giveaway item for a lot of people and they just accumulate for no reason so I think the idea of screen printing is also really cool I saw something actually I participated I want to say it was like a high school community service club where we brought in old t-shirts and we made dog toys for the Humane Society. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, we like, um, you cut them in strips and you make, like you braid them or um, there was just like different fun things that you could make with the dog toys and I feel like mm. there must be like some sort of DIY.com article on it and if yeah. I find it, I would love to send it to you guys because I feel like that's so fun and then like <laughs> people yeah. like to take them to the Humane Society and like yeah, that's a fun two project. birds, one stone. And everybody loves dogs. Yeah. And everybody loves dogs. <laughs> Yeah, besides the idea of, like, accessibility of a really large clothing swap or even just, like, having someone take the initiative to organize it, are there any other, like, really obvious barriers to sustainable fashion that you guys have come in contact with? I feel like one of the ones that I personally think about is the cost that I associate with sustainable brands. And people don't always see the value of, you know, a T-shirt printed from organic cotton as Mm -hmm. opposed to just traditional cotton t-shirts from a target or something like that so what are some of the like really obvious problems that people have with sustainable fashion um so i totally like i totally identify with the cost thing because like some of my favorite like stella mccartney mara hoffman like amazing brands and i love their clothes and they're produced so well but a pair of jeans is five hundred dollars and that's so absurd and um there really aren't many like affordable sustainable clothing brands and there's a lot of like American families that all they can afford is Zara and they're not shopping there because they just really want to they just or not Zara but you know H&M and those kind of things yeah Forever 21 and um so that's actually a huge thing that we want to push with our club is like when we talk about activism that's really it like what we're trying to be active about is calling out these huge stores that have a huge platform um, and say, like, our generation is not going to keep buying clothes from you if you're going to be completely, like, non-transparent about how you produce your clothes, like, using, sourcing your materials from really terrible places, having all of these toxins and chemicals in your fabrics. And we had some crazy statistic where the Zara CEO makes... 40,000 times more than the average garment worker in one year. And it's just the average Bangladesh garment worker. And it's just, it's disgusting. And so it's completely tied with environmental justice, you know, all of these ethical um, issues. And, And one thing I kind of like to compare it to is like the agricultural industry. Once consumers started saying, I want organics, I want non-GMO, all of those things. You start seeing it popping up everywhere. And there are these huge movements to completely revolutionize the food industry. And I think we could so easily do that with the fashion industry. It's just about like educating people and making this something that people start caring about um, when they decide where they go to shop. So, Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's a really good comparison with the agricultural industry. Yeah. Because once you think about things like, um, yeah, like organic food or even just like, 
food movements like the gluten-free movement like yeah. I had a friend in I had a friend in elementary school that her whole family had celiac and I remember her explaining it to me and like me not knowing anything about it and she explained it to me and she was like yeah it's kind of hard because my mom can't ever find anything gluten-free like it's so hard for we like bulk order this pasta online whatever it might be and I think about her all the time now because everybody's trying to be gluten-free so for that reason we have a lot of gluten-free restaurants and gluten-free options at the grocery store and things like that so it's definitely a matter of just like demand and like what is trendy like movement wise so um, as soon as people decided they wanted to be gluten-free for the sake of saying they were gluten-free yeah that's just the fad yeah aspect now it's cool (laughs) and so I think fashion could definitely be a very similar movement in Mm -hmm. a sense once people start thinking about like not just is this a really cute shirt but also like is this something that like I want to vote with my dollars like you said and just making sure that you're supporting brands that you really care about and just like other aspects of like a conscious consumer Mm -hmm. yeah and I think another barrier kind of is that people associate you know eco fashion with not the cutest clothes and that's something that we've kind of been trying to address with our group and that's fair because like there aren't great yeah and that's the Mm -hmm. thing yeah that there aren't a lot of companies and brands that are you know emphasizing their sustainably produced clothing that is really cute and I don't know I feel like people think of like burlap sacks and stuff like that (laughs) they're like okay it's sustainable fashion whatever but we really want to show people how you can shop sustainably you can find um, environmentally conscious brands that are cute and also I mean there does need to be a rise of those types of companies that are producing fashionable clothing that people want to buy that's also sustainably produced but I think that that also comes with the demand aspect and if people start to care and start to make themselves heard and start to kind of push their com- like the companies they shop at to be more sustainable then we will see more of that supply of fashionable sustainably produced clothing but that's something we've been trying to do with SFI making it cute making people know it's not just wearing a burlap sack yeah. or something like that there are clothes out there that are fashionable and sustainably produced and kind of just trying to find the best ways to seek those out and also I think like definitely the fashion industry is the perfect industry to try and take something like this on and they're already going through a lot of like huge shifts right now like just with changing model diversity which has been such Mm -hmm. a big thing like racial diversity size diversity age diversity like all of these huge things where it used to just be super young tall white girls like and now it's become way more diverse than that and they still have like a long way to go with that but that was all just because like consumers were saying you're not reaching like our population and we want to see ourselves represented in the clothes like the brands that we support and so I think this is just once we really have the message out there they will follow along it's just starting the conversation basically yeah, I think those are really good points. Yeah. Before I let you guys go, because I know it's like late, it's a Sunday night, and I'm sure you have school tomorrow and <laughs> homework and whatever, because I know I have homework. Um, <laughs> do you guys have any like fun resources that you would recommend to people? I think it's great that you recommended the True Cost, and I'm excited yes. that y'all are going to yeah. show that. Amazing. And um, I was wondering if there's any like good articles, books, or like brands that you really like to support. Anything that you're like all about. I would say, so I actually found a lot of good things on the True Cost website. There's a really cool group called Fashion Revolution, and they have a ton of resources. Um, Other than that, there's a really good TED Talk series on sustainable fashion. There's like three videos, they're 10 minutes long each, 
we have been you'll kind of see different magazines write a couple articles about sustainable fashion like vogue dazed um paper like some like indie magazines um we're actually trying to eventually start a website that can have like resources for people um but i think i think yeah i know there's some good ted talks definitely even just searching kind of like companies that maybe you shop at thinking about stuff like that like the levi video i saw was ted talk and that was really interesting um and just kind of i think doing your own research on the brands where you're shopping is really important and also just in terms of making yourself a more sustainable consumer in terms of fashion kind of seeking out thrift stores seeking out things like that that can help you reduce your impact and making sure just to reduce consumption i think in the first place is something that's really important yeah a lot of it like is kind of intuitive i just say people don't really want to have to be like uh like but i really want to buy this yeah people (laughs) don't want to have to actually like make that shift in their mind but i think people like basically know how they can like simply start to yeah and there's this one website called the circular project and they have an online site but it's a store in madrid that just opened a couple years ago i think but it was one of the first sustainable fashion stores but it's actually a website and store where they bring in a bunch of different designers who have to meet certain standards in terms of sustainability and environmental impact and so that's a website where you can kind of find a broad range of different fashion and styles because it's multiple different designers but you know that you're shopping sustainably because they all had to meet certain standards so that's a cool website and i think you can probably still order from them here but they have a lot of good information on the industry in general as well. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me tonight and just having this conversation. I'm so excited that we got to do this. Me too. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Emma and Abby of the UNC Sustainable Fashion Initiative. I know that I left the conversation just really inspired and open-eyed about all of the things going on in the fashion industry that we should be a lot more mindful about. They say that fashion is the second most wasteful industry after oil, so it's really important to be thinking about just even a little bit of thrifting or a little bit of purchasing organic cotton t-shirts over a regular cotton t-shirt. Really, every little bit helps, and I'm so glad that I was able to talk to them and get some tips and put that out there for y'all. I will also go ahead and list down below a list of resources that I have put together myself if you are looking for more climate change and sustainability education more specifically. A couple weeks ago, one of the questions that I answered at the end of the podcast was like, where do I start? So I have gone ahead and put together a running list, a living list of some of my favorite books and podcasts and documentaries on climate change in general and sustainability. So if you're interested in looking at, you know, any of those resources, they're going to be listed down below. And I've also gone ahead and updated the link from the last time I mentioned that list here on the podcast. On that note, I would like to go into today's question. So every week at the end of every episode of Eco Chic, I like to answer a question that I've received via DM or email or in real life, whatever it may be. And the easiest way to get in contact with me if you have a specific question that you'd like to hear on the podcast is probably via DM on Instagram. I'm at Laura E. Diaz, or we also have at Eco Chic Podcast. Both of those will be listed down below. And my email is laura at lauraediaz.com. But the question this week that I will be answering is actually one that I got a lot, again, while I was at UNC for homecoming, and it was just very much, 
where do I start? Like, I don't even know where to start when I want to start living a sustainable lifestyle. And I think that the hardest thing for people when they want to live a more sustainable lifestyle is really just getting started and becoming a little bit more mindful about bringing things around with them. So what I like to always recommend is just tackle first the big four. So the big four is all of these single-use plastics that we come into contact with most frequently, and they are the easiest to replace just by bringing your own for particular events. So a coffee cup, a plastic bag, like a shopping bag, a straw, and a water bottle. So all like really basic, clear things that you might already have. Everybody's got a bunch of extra water bottles lying around their house, but maybe you're just not remembering it very frequently. Or how often do you just like need a midday coffee break and then you don't have your coffee cup with you? So the easiest place that I always like people to start is just start tackling the big four. So these are single-use plastic items that really it's about just making sure you have an extra one at your desk or making sure you keep an extra lightweight water bottle in your backpack in case you ever forget it. And that's where it lives and it doesn't go anywhere. So you always have one on hand. After you tackle the big four, there's other things that you can start thinking about. So that would be like reusable cutlery. Like I always have this little pink spork that I carry around with me so that I'm not forced into using a plastic fork when I want something to carry out. Similarly, chopsticks. I have a lot of friends that carry around chopsticks so they're not forced into disposable chopsticks. Reusable produce bags are like a second tier big item that you can easily replace by just being a little bit more mindful. Not being forced to use plastic groceries bags is one thing and then also filling those bags with reusable bags is awesome too. So where do you start? It's really just a matter of a mindset shift. So just think a little bit more about it. Start with the big four, carry around what you can and always make sure that you have a spare reusable on hand. That's it for today's episode of Eco Chic. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate the support and the good vibes that I've received from everybody coming out of the podcast. I'm really, really happy to be doing what I'm doing. And if it's helpful for you, please go ahead and let me know. Either let me know directly or go ahead and leave us a rate and a subscription on your favorite listening platform. You can find us everywhere. So Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Eco Chic. Tell your friends. Again, I'm so happy to do this. I'm so glad that it's helpful, and I will see you next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.